with a start, Alex. I almost just dropped my mic. The baseball doesn't start for another 27 minutes. Yeah. What a start for us today, eh? It kind of sucks that but there's no baseball on. I know, right? I'm so used to it that when it's not on, I'm kind of bored. I know, right? Well, Alex, we're back. Again. How do you feel? We're going back to school in a few days. Hockey season's coming up day by day. I know we see it every week, but... Yeah, I'm kind of excited for hockey to start. I know, right? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Not too much. Uh, before we talk about all the fun stuff, I say we might as well get the uh, the more heartbreaking stuff out the way first. And that is, of course, Sportsnet has had uh, a few staff members leave, a few they've let go. A few big staff members. Um... And those include, of course, former producer of Hockey Night in Canada, John Shannon, who we actually have both met. Yeah. Uh, Nick Kiprios, who has been probably one of the more colorful, colorful personalities on that program for a while now. Definitely. And, of course, Doug McLean. Who we uh, also got to meet. We also got to meet as well. Um, I think we're, we can both say that, um, of course, sport media is a medium that is shrinking every day, and it really sucks to see such such figureheads in the industry go yeah i i you say it you said it perfectly like it, it sucks that it sucks that they're gone because i i don't know about you like i predominantly watch sportsnet and this is these were the people that like i watched growing up these were the people that not necessarily formed my opinions but helped me under help me start to understand how to actually specifically with hockey how to watch hockey in a different way than just as like as it's a game Mm -hmm. you you had different perspectives of course john shannon used to work for the nhl so you had that point of view doug mclean obviously a former general manager did you know that he signed rick nash to a contract that people did not like yes um (laughs) of course i don't know about you but i i loved or i still do love hockey central at noon and Doug McLean was a big part of that. So. And, and Kiprios. And Kipper, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know, Hockey Night in Canada is going to feel very, very different without Nick there. It, it will. I, and and you know what? I, I think it's in safe hands. Right, there's still uh, David Amber still there. Um, I don't think David would get on. He's more... The big three hosts at Sportsnet, to me, are... You give... Ron has Hockey Night. Then your secondary guy is more Jeff slash David. Remember, Jeff was the guy who yeah. would run trade deadlines. So yes. I don't know if they're going to bring – I don't know who you replace him with. No, I, I what I'm, say, I'm saying there there's there's people there who who not necessarily replace them, but – They have the talent. But there's – they they can bring them in and it, it'll feel the same, right? Chris Johnson's still there. Mm-hmm. Elliot Friedman's still there. Like I'm not worried about Sportsnet because I know there's people there who just need to get who who can get pushed up, and then people really see. You know what I mean? They still have, of course, as you said, those big hitters yeah. like your Freemans, your Johnsons. They still have Carolyn Cameron. They still have Kyle Bukowskis. They still Faisal Camisa, of course. They still have those younger stars that hopefully are going to get a bigger spotlight there. But um, at the same time, I think. Both of us can can say thank you to those three. Um, yes. To Doug, to John, and to Nick uh, yeah. for everything you did. Um, I, I one of my favorite pieces of hockey that I've ever seen or listened to. Sorry, was Nick Kiprios on the Steve Dangle podcast. Um, 
Nick Kiprios calling Steve Dangle a loser on national TV it was funny. Um, and of course, all of Doug's stories about how saying he made more as a university hockey coach than he did as an assistant coach for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, about how Steve Eiserman said, how good would I be if I had a competent coach to him in the dressing room? Um, it, it's it's just, it sucks. But uh, best of luck to those guys. And again, a sincere thank you from me and Alex. Yeah. Um, but I guess let's move on to some, I guess, happy news. Uh, Alex, no one likes a lockout. No one likes a lockout. There's a very small part of me that pure chaos imagine if there was oh don't say that happily the nhl said now the wording's a bit weird here they have chosen to not reopen the cba which means from the nhl's point of view there won't be a lockout now of course the nhl pa yeah has until i believe it's the middle of september the 15th to come to the same decision but from all accounts it sounds like we're not going to have a lockout. At least the NHL have said, we're cool, so there won't be a work stoppage. If there is a lockout now, it will be a strike from the player's point of view. But this is a step forward. This is this is 50% of everyone saying, all right, guys, we're cool. It's fine. It, it, it'll be interesting to see what the NHLPA does because there's probably, there's probably things they want to fight. Escrow. Escrow. I still don't Do you understand escrow? Um, I do, but I wouldn't do a good enough job explaining. Okay, fine. Well, I don't fully understand escrow, but I'm getting there. It's that's one thing I know the players want to fight. It, mm-hmm. Will they fight it? We'll see. Now, of course, stuff like a salary cap, like a hard cap, were some of the bigger issues back in the day. I think it was Alan Walsh actually tweeted out the other day, comparing the highest paid salaries. In each league's compared yes. to the 90s, man, you saw yes. Yarmir Yager made, what was it, just over $10 million in the 90s. I don't know, McDavid's only had him in by 13.5, but, but I mean, that's back in that, yes. that's how much money he was making. Uh, there's so. reasons behind that, though, right? Like, yeah, but we, sorry. Ju- we can get into it. The point I'm, sorry, the only, the thing I'm trying to say yeah. is there's not a big enough issue. I don't think escrow, I think enough players understand what escrow is for that I don't think it's a big enough issue to cause, at this point, a player strike. Yeah, I don't think there's... I agree. Like, there's not a big enough issue. But, dude, like, there's a, there's a reason. I kind of want to get into it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that the salary the salaries haven't changed as much. The highest paid player, it, it ultimately comes down to the fact that the revenue the NHL makes compared to a league like the NFL, the MLB... And NBA are nothing. Mm-hmm. That's why the player salaries are barely changing. Now, of course, revenue for the NHL for the next few years with gambling, with Seattle, Vegas coming in. It will go up. But, of course, it's still... And, of course, how it's much more Canadian sport than it is in the States, right? Right. So, the, the game still needs to grow. It's going in the right direction. But, but yeah, you do make a very fair point. There. As much as people do not like Gary Bettman, he is... I don't. I think you could agree with me on this that he's pushing the game in the right direction in the U.S. specifically. You can say whatever you want about Gary Bettman, but you have to respect the job he's done. I very. I. I. You know what? I, until I actually looked at what he's done, I just joined everyone else in hating him. But I. I apologize for that, and I. I look at what he's done, and I. I thank him. Like I can't imagine where the game. It would be very different, because. I feel like other people will look at it 
as as more of a it's a Canadian game, right? More people people think of it as a quote unquote Canadian game, where a lot of people would try to focus in on Canada. Try how do you get as much money out of Canada as possible? Mm-hmm. But look at the U.S. Like you got to go into the U.S. and he's pushed through so many people. Everyone hates this guy. If not for Gary Bettman, we still have owners going to jail. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. He's done a really good job. Um, as much as it, it sucks to say, because of course, as a Habs fan, there's nothing I would like more than for the Nordiques to come back and have that old Quebec rivalry. Now, at the same time as we saying this, I'm sure a lot of people are shouting, what about Arizona? Well, what I say to that is, Alex, what was the team a few years ago all of a sudden came out and their fan base solidified them as one of the best fan bases in the league? We went to the cup final a few years ago. One of the best defensive cores in the league. Tell me. The Nashville Predators. A decade ago? Yeah. They were a mess. No one wanted them. Their best player was David Lundgren. <laughs> and they thought that they should have moved. But what did he do? Gary Bettman put his foot down, and now it's a huge success. Now, of course, Arizona. He's, he's got his foot there. And Leafs fans should be happy for this. Because if not for Gary Bettman keeping them there, Austin Matthews is not a Leaf. Austin Matthews probably never plays hockey. Yeah. So, yeah. And, I mean, he went with Vegas, and look what the success that's turned into. Seattle, I think for years people have known that it was going to be a big deal. And it's preseason ticket projections also say that, oh, it's going to be a success. Plus, it's Seattle. That's a great sports team. Yeah, Sports City. Seahawks is a perfect example. The Supersonics. It's a matter of pushing the teams into the right cities, pushing teams in the right cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see Arizona working. I don't see why 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 it would. I I can see why people say it wouldn't, because it's like what like it's always hot in Arizona. Mm-hmm. How the hell are you going to play hockey in Arizona? But then you remember, I would easily say Arizona's ice is somehow better than the Islanders. As an example. It's, I mean, I mean, and, but then you look at Vegas and you think hockey in the desert works, right? But it doesn't help that when they were good and they went, see, I believe it was 2010 when they went to the conference finals and the fans showed up. You saw this in Carolina. When your team is good, it's amazing how all of a sudden you have a fan base that shows up. So, well, except, mean, except in Ottawa. I just that that doesn't happen in Ottawa. Okay, there are a lot of issues of Ottawa. I'm just saying they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were at the time they they were playing the best player in the world at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And how many people showed up to that game? That is fair, but at the same I'm time, just saying. I just want to point that put that let's out. Let's stick there. to the. But I get. I agree with you. I agree with you. The Sens, no doubt, are, are a team we're going to come back to throughout the year. Um, but I think just final thoughts on the lockout or the lack of lockout. Hopefully, um, it, it's just it's nice to see, and I can't wait for Seattle to show up. Yeah, I'm excited. And Vancouver to play some meaningful hockey against them. Uh, Alex, we have another RFA sign. Oh boy! Was it Mitch Marner? I wish. Was it Miko Rantanen? No. Was it Patrick Laine? No. No, it was uh, the Islanders, Anthony Beauvillier. Do you know how they actually drafted Beauvillier, the Islanders? Uh, no idea. Tell me. Uh, the pick that they actually picked him with was from the Oilers. 
Oh, of course it was. And I believe it was the Strom deal that got him. So, uh, of course. No, no, they got they got it from the Rangers. The Rangers. In the Ryan Callahan trade. The ra- wait, wait, hold on a minute. Wasn't he traded from the Rangers to Tampa? Right. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It was the Rangers pick. Wait, wait, wait. So how did wait? How did? Oh, you mean the... I'm confused. What do you mean? It was the Rangers' original pick. So, March 5th, 2014, New York Rangers acquire Martez St. Louis of and 2015 second-round pick. Maddie didn't make the Olympic team. And Tampa Bay acquire Ryan Callahan, 2015 first-round pick, mm-hmm. uh, seventh-round pick, and 2014 first-round pick. So, how did it end up with the Islanders or Oilers? So... June 26th, 2015, mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Lightning acquire a second round pick and a third round pick for the 28th overall pick, oh. which turned into Anthony Beauvillier. I was wrong. Well, anyway, um, so they signed him, of course, to a really nice two-year, $2.1 million deal. Uh, a, a, very, a, a very simple bridge deal. Of course. Uh a few years ago, he had 20 goals. Uh, last season, I believe, as in the 2017-18 season. Okay. Last year, 18 goals, 28 points on a lackluster oil uh, island team when it comes to offense. Mm-hmm. Of course, defense, we know. Yes. What Barry Trotz was able to do there. So, uh, he's a nice little player. Uh, the type of guy that I think you can put anywhere in the lineup, and he does well, Anthony Beauvillier, so. But you know what I, I can never help but think of when I see a bridge deal? I can't wait to see how they screw their team at the end of it. You know why I say that? Well, they, it, with the bridge deal, it, there's really two outcomes, right? He either Trade. does really good yeah. or he does really bad. And at the end of it, he either gets traded or they overpay him. Yeah. Well, not overpay him, but they no, no, oh, no, no, no. Overpay him. I, the reason I don't say that is because do you want to know a certain player that had to take a bridge deal and then at the end of it, he made that team pay $9 million? Uh, is his name P.K. Subban? It is. So, just a thing. of A personal experience as a Habs fan. That's, that's what normally happens. And, of course, Jacob Truba. Look at the situation there. He didn't take a bridge, but he took one year. That was, I, I think that Jacob Truba was a little bit of a situation. was a little bit of a different story. But still, you know what? He was clearly not. He didn't want to be there. And Max Domi took a little bit of a bridge. Uh, and then if he has another great year, Montreal are going to have to pay him. I dare you to try and offer sheet in Carolina because he can't afford it. Because he already had to give all the money the storm surge made to Sebastian Ajo. Anyway, um, yeah, that's another RFA signed. We still have a ton I mean, left, th- there's still like a million. It feels like there's a million RFAs who still have to be signed. Of course. And Zach Wierenski, Kyle Connor, Patrick Lee, all of them. All of them. One literally all of them. Travis Konechny, too. Mitch Marner. Brock Besser. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just give you, we are officially, by this is scary, it's September 1st, and Guy, we still have 28, according to Cap Friendly. Eric Comrie, Braden Point, uh, Andrew Majapani, Arvin Barbashev, who's probably going to the KHL by all sounds of it, Roland McCowan, who I didn't know was a real player, plays for the Hurricanes, uh, Brandon Carlo, Charlie McAvoy, Andre Campe, all these guys, including the big ones you've heard of. Um, Kevin Fiala, too, in Minnesota, who uh, basically that uh, whole situation got pulled Do we have to fire. go over it again? No, but um, 
I mean, we're talking about signings, but let's talk about the end of someone's career. Cam Ward. Congratulations. Great Congrats. career when you think like at it. Uh, a rookie coming in, winning the Conn Smythe at the age of 21. Uh, ends up retiring with a 908 save percentage, a 2.74 goals against average, and 27 career shutouts through 701 big league appearances. All that uh, courtesy of Sportsnet. Uh, thank you for that, by the way. Love you guys. Stop firing people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just good for Cam Ward. I know towards the end of his career, he was a bit of a joke that, oh, God, who's going to overpay him this year to be a below average uh, backup? No, let me see this. Was Cam Ward in net for that famous, like, 8 7 game that the Leafs had when Sparks was in net and Matthews and Patrick Kane were trading the. Uh, do you hear me? Oh, thing? he might have been. I'll find out. But um, at the end of the day, when you have a Stanley Cup, you can laugh at in anyone's face about like oh you know what Cam Board can go up to Henrik Lundqvist and be like hey guy yeah you might be top five goalie of all time but I got this and you don't so at the end of the day um he made his money and he won and of course he signed a one day contract with the Hurricane so he would retire a Hurricane I love that that's nice um I wish more people would do that Calgary Aginla why didn't you do that Yager Pittsburgh should have well and Yager's different because he's still playing um, in what, the, the KHL or something? Or his own... Uh, in the Czech Republic. Yeah, so I, I just... Mike Madonna should have done that. Or Babcock should have let him play that 1500 game. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, but yeah, just congratulations on a great career to Cam Ward. It, it was Cam Ward, by the way. It who, was him. Who, yes. So, yeah. But it's it, good for I'm gonna, I, I just, this is, You're going to get so mad, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Is Cam Ward... Um, in the Hall of Fame? Uh, no. Okay. Moving on. I just want to make sure. God, no. I just uh, want to... He can have his own little, like, display or whatever. Like, McDavid had stuff from, like, World Juniors and that in the Hall of Fame before he made the NHL, but... Um, but that's Connor McDavid. Yeah. You know what I really appreciate? When players know their fan base. I really like Wayne Simmons now. So, he was asked, uh, I think it was at one of the... The Biosteel cam camp, right? Yeah. And they... He said that he hopes that Flyers fan boo him when he returns. I think he said he'd be disappointed if he wasn't booed. I love that. I love when a player knows. I don't think he's going to be booed, though. Oh, I think he will. Because you know. Well, now he's going to be booed because he wants. But I don't think beforehand. See, I'm going to disagree with you here because PK Subban's first game back in Montreal, most of the game he's being cheered. Towards the end, of course, there were boos. Now, I went to the game, his second game back. And there were plenty of cheers. But then as it went on, it was like, oh, no. But and there was a point towards the end of the game, Nashville were up, were up by a goal. And you know when PK does that thing where he'll just stay behind his net? Yeah. And the boos were getting louder, and you know PK knew what he was doing, right? So I love when players know the fan base that they played for, and they're even egging them on a little bit. Good for Wayne Simmons. But uh, do you know what? The reason I say he wasn't going to get booze, it's a little bit, it's a different situation than Subban in Montreal, right? There was already tension. There was already tension between Subban and and at least management. I don't know. I still think it's di- it's a different situation because who did not like Wayne Simmons? Toronto fans, because he's a P- Pittsburgh fans probably. But no, in in Philadelphia, I think everyone loved him. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think before he made this comp, now he's gonna get booze because people want it because he wants the booze. But do you remember at the end of the day, this is Philadelphia. 
Okay. Didn't they That's throw fair. snowballs at... Wasn't it they lost the draft lottery and at an Eagles game, um, they threw snowballs at someone dressed as Santa? Oh, my God. Or they threw batteries or something? Yeah, I have no idea, Philly, but that sounds awful. Uh, continuing on, I don't have a very good transition for this. So, uh, let's see, Alex. Yes. So, last episode, I went on a bit of my... I, got, I did my little tirade because I don't like the NHL Network's top ten lists. So, Neither why do don't... I. So, since we record, they released the full list for the top ten goalies. So, you have it in front of you. I don't really remember what it was, okay. so go ahead. I'm going to start from ten. Okay. Number 10, mm-hmm. John Gibson. Now, me and you had a really good talk about John Gibson last week. Yeah, I, I said, what did I say? Didn't I say I'd put him in my top five? We both said we'd put him in yeah. our top five. Now, just a quick aside. The EA Sports have been releasing the top 50 ratings, yeah. and he got a 90, and people were losing it. They still haven't released the top 10, by the way, but I thought that was very interesting that people... Uh, People do not give John Gibson enough credit for what's going on. Num- uh, number nine. I believe this was this was Pecorino. Pecorino. Was on the two. All right. Again, flip a coin with Pecorino sometimes. So okay, yeah. Number eight, Jordan Binnington. Now, I made an argument that I would be fine putting him in the top five because I want to give enough credit to someone who just won a cup. But okay. I don't have a problem with him being in the top ten. Because looking at even when we looked at the center list, the right wing list, uh, sorry, the wingers list and the defense list, there were players there who did not play full seasons, and they were still up there. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm okay with him being in there because based on the season he had, sure, he was probably a top ten goalie this year. Okay, number seven, Braden Holtby. Oh, I don't know. Holtby's a weird goalie to me. Like, he's good, but then I, I see a lot of people give him a bunch of crap. I don't know why. He's he's consistently a top 10, top 5. No problem with that. Indeed. Yeah, no. And, of course, we all remember the save against the Vegas Golden. I believe it was on Alex Tuck um, when they finally won that cup. So, But, okay, fair enough. Uh, by the way, the Astros-Jays game has started, so we're, awesome. we're in full swing here. But, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, Hope number he's... 6, okay. Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, think about it. I put, I put Hopi above Marc-Andre. Yeah, so would I. Uh, number five, Tuka Rask. Fair enough. I think the playoffs really gave a thing for, for, Mark, for uh, Tuka, Tuka Rask. And Bruins fans give him way too much crap. Oh, for sure. Number four, Carey Price. Okay, moving on. Should be hard. Whatever. Uh, three, Ben Bishop. I, remember, I was very much on the Ben Bishop train last week. Yeah, you were. So I, I will never forget when he stoned us in the 2017 playoffs. Um, God, he, he's a half killer, is Ben Bishop. Let me tell you. I cannot stand that guy. Um, okay, yeah, fair. Yeah, when he's healthy, he is one of the best goalies in the league. I'll give you that. Who's number two, Alex? Sergei Bobrovsky. Sergei Bobrovsky. And number one, Andre Vasilevsky. Now, you know what I'm noticing right away? Freddie didn't make it. Yeah, he didn't make it. I mean, I, I, come on. I, I have a little bit of a problem with that. No, but 
now here's the thing. Last week I argued he should be a top five, and you you didn't agree with that or a top no, three. No, no, yeah, yeah. I said he's top five goalie. I don't agree. He's a top three goalie. But and then we but we could compromise that he was a top five. Yes. I think he should. I mean, for the season he had alone, like a top ten. But no, they just didn't give it to him. Mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, everyone seems to love Marc Andre Fleury, but let's not forget the end. And if you want to start bringing the playoffs, four goals in four minutes in Game Seven against the Sharks. Fleury didn't have a great, great regular season last year. So I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. And don't worry, I don't hate Marc Andre Fleury. I love him, French guy, love, fantastic, great guy. But, I, you know. No, I, I, I definitely have a major problem with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he's not. It's like let let listen, the ta- the goalies that are on this list are great goalies. Mm-hmm. But there's players on this list I would put Frederick Anderson above. I put him above Flurry, obviously. I put him above Flurry. I have this meh thing with with Holpe, so I'd put him at least with Holpe, maybe above. Yeah. So where would you put him on this specific list? Hold on. Just gonna, cause I don't have it open. So let me let me look at this. So, oh boy, I'd put him above Holpe. I'd put him above Flurry. I can't put him over Rask just because of the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um. I'm looking at this right now, and I'm thinking because Sergei Bobrovsky has one has had one good playoff series. When you really think about it, of course, it was one of the best playoff. Series to watch Tampa crumble ever, yeah. but oh, it's weird. I'm thinking I want to put Tuka Rask in like third. Now, of course, in my own list, I have Carey first, and then I put Rask in the top five. I don't know how we completely <coughs> how good Rask was in the playoffs last week, but I would definitely put Freddie at least at five here. Thinking about it now, but where would you put him? Yeah, I'd put him five. I put him. A ra- with Tuka Rask. Okay. In that area. A little below, though. Playoff. Sure. Okay. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, anything else to say on the goalies? No. Uh, Jordan Bennington really has to prove himself next year. He does. Uh, of course, Alex. You know what my favorite thing is? Is it a golf tournament? Yeah. Because oh. every time a had player... Habs player has a golf tournament. There's news. Wait, question. Yeah. Is because Jonathan Drouin is now hosting the golf tournament, right? He had it last this year, yes. Last and so is it he going to be him from now on? As, I don't know. Because last because it's See, been Pacioretty. This is, this is what I was going to bring up because remember last last year was really it was the most awkward little showcase ever. Well, it was Max Pacioretty, was it? Yeah, it was oh, in the middle of God. that whole saga, and like they had the most awkward handshake, him, Bergevin, and all that. So I mean, it's it's it yeah. So anyway, um, now it's not really about Jonathan Drew. Of course, he's been one of the more controversial Habs players because he has the tools, but he just has to put it together. Um, I cannot tell you how many times that guy tries to go four on one when breaking the puck in on the power play. But I love Jonathan Drew, and I have a Jonathan Drew jersey. Um, I I've been a fan of him since junior, and I can't say that about a lot of players, right? And of course, um, when he was at his best in Halifax and with Nathan McKinnon, Dominic Ducharme was his head coach. Of course, Dominic Ducharme also has a gold and silver uh, World Juniors medal, a silver 
Habs defenseman Noah Julson was actually on it for, and of course Victor Mete was for the gold medal one. So Dominic Ducharme knows how to work with these young players, and of course has worked with Jonathan Drouin winning a Memorial Cup. So apparently they've gone over video a lot over the summer, what he's been doing right, what he's been doing wrong. So first of all, I'd like to say, it's nice to see a player try and improve, but of course you can look at all the video you want. You'd assume a player does that over the regular season. Uh, you just hope that at the end of it, it's going to show on the ice. Um, and he needs to prove it. But the big story is, of course, uh, Andre Markov is now with Octagon, uh, with Alan Walsh. And it sounds like a lot of teams are interested in Andre Markov. I could see teams being into, I could see teams being interested in Markov. Of course, he is saying that he wants to come back to Montreal. But now that there's apparently interest in him, Mark Bergeron doesn't strike me as the kind of guy. We talked about this before, how he, it was it was difficult for Placanics to get his 1,000th game. And then after I was like, all right, later, contract terminated. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I just, if I think he's going to prove, I remember when after the whole Andre Markov and Alex Radulov thing, Bergeron <coughs> said, if you want loyalty, get a dog. So I think if, Bergman strikes me as the kind of guy that, oh, you want to be a hab? All right, then. I'm going to call your bluff on it. Again, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I would love to see Markov back, but at the same time, I, I think the team has moved past him. Don't you? But, okay, I understand there's always um, situations that aren't like this. He's 40 years old. He's going to be 41 in December. Mm-hmm. Is that not a concern? Like, I see that as a major concern. If I that mark Bergevin... That's what I mean by... He's not one for sentimentality. I'm sure... Remember, he didn't want to give Markov a two-year deal before. So... Now, Mark Dumont of The Athletic loves Andre Markov, right? And always talks about that he has some of the best vision in the league. And Markov, of course, you don't need to be 40 to do well on a power play, right? Because, I mean, it's just set up, right? Almost dropped my water bottle. And, of course, since Andre Markov left, I think when you think of the old Habs power play, a lot of people think it's PK um, because of the whole wine and dying his shot, right? But it was Markov was the real quarterback of that power play. It, it, like I said, it hasn't been the same. So if they had a power play that was 3% better, they make the playoffs last year. So uh, at the end of the day, I, I think with your guys like Victor Mete, Brett Kulak, Nova Juleson, Josh Brook, Alex Romanov in the system as well. I, I just think it's gone by Markov. Again, I'll say this I'll say this one more time. I I would love to see him back, get that one more point to pass Larry Robinson. Okay. And I would love to see him get his thousandth thousand, that his thousandth game and all that. Yeah, because he does ha- he only needs ten more games yeah. to get to a thousand. Yeah. Mechanics needed four and they barely gave it to him. So I just I don't think it's gonna happen. And apparently, and Alan Walsh also said that Markov expects to get a contract, and he shouldn't have to do a tryout. Which I wow. think a lot of people were saying, including Mark Dumas of the Athletic, that if the Habs were going to sign him, the best course would to would be a PTO. But yeah, I would say because, I mean, I'm going to bring it back to his age. I I want to see what he has in the tank because I I get it. He played in the KHL. Which is a is a competitive league, but it's cup. yeah, but it's the 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 KHL is not the NHL. Of course. So I'd want to see him on a PTO. I don't think 
But you know what? Maybe there's a team. Can you guess what team I'm thinking of that would give him a nice contract right now? An old wily defenseman? Yeah. Um, what conference? Western. I'm hoping it is the team that I'm going to say because it would be a perfect transition. Would it be the Edmonton Oilers? It would exactly be the Edmonton Oilers. Well, Alex, you, as you know, we've been doing Canadian previews. Uh, we couldn't finish the Oilers last week, but... Um, no. But it's going up. Everything's going up this week. Perfect. Now, we might as well bring the Oilers in now because, of course, there was another signing when it comes to an RFA, but he actually signed in Finland. Signing with the, and I, I'm not going to pronounce this right, the Orlin Karta. That yes. sounds good enough. If you look up um, Jesse Pugliarvi, Finland, Finnish team, you're going you're gonna to see it. Um, with an NHL opt-out by December 1st, which is, of course, the deadline for RFA's two sign. Right. Uh, he scored in his opening game there. Um, this just does everything for the Oilers, doesn't it? Because he goes, he's performing right away. He has an NHL opt-out. Of course, now Pugliarvi gets to go home and play well. So I, I don't think this could have gone any better for the Oilers. It could have gone better for the Oilers. They could have not screwed up oh, so and me, kept him on the team. With, with the mess that Chirelli and all that caused. Yeah. And the situation they were in with him. It could have gone a lot worse. It, yes, it could have gone a lot worse. I saw a lot of people um, saying, oh, it's a new GM. Why don't you, why doesn't Pugliarvi give him a chance? You know what? The, I don't, I, that's not the problem though. It, it, it's not the GM that's the problem. It's the organization that is the problem. There, There's there's this idea, not only with the Oilers, but in the NHL, that you have to play through whatever you want, whatever you have. You complain about one thing, it's the end of the world. Yeah. He had double hip surgery in what? When did he have double hip surgery? Earlier uh, this year. I will look it up. You just you keep doing. He it. had double hip surgery, and he had to. He was playing through it. Now, how? How? Why would you want to play? Why would you want to play for this team? Uh, March on March fourth, it was reported that he had a successful surgery in both his hips. So it was uh, in March, yes. Okay, so can you tell them what Leon Dreisaitl said? Uh, so, again, at the uh, the same camp that they were talking to Wayne Simmons at, uh, Leon Dreisaitl said something along the lines of, uh, quote, it seems like he doesn't want to be on our team anymore. Now I wonder why. Now, once they just to defend Leon Dreisaitl, he did go on to say, of course, you know, I would, we would love to see him back in that league. And I, I listened to the clip. I didn't just read it. Right. And there was no malice in his voice in that, right? So, but then you, you have to think about it. So, of course, he, after getting drafted, he played 28 games with the Oilers, had eight points in those games, all right? Um, then they, they sent him down to Bakersfield, played 39 games there, 28 points, 12 goals, 16 assists. That's a lot. <coughs> um, then for the 17-18 season, started there, Five points in ten games. They thought, let's give him a shot. Then he had 20 points in 65 games with the Oilers. They brought him back to Edmonton for the 18-19 season, even though he only had 20 points 
played for 46 games, playing through double hips that were that needed surgery, only had nine points. Now he did have a stink a stink back in Bakersfield, four games. He was point per game there. So I think there is blame on both sides. I think there's okay. There's I think there you could sure because sure he hasn't earned anything. Being a high draft pick doesn't mean that you're going to get a spot on the team, right? No. Yes, very coach Kinyemi. No one thought he was going to play in the NHL, but he showed up. He didn't have a good rookie tournament, but he came into the preseason. He looked great. Played in the regular season. He looked great. Leon, I mean, sorry, Jesse Puyo Harvey. He looked good in Bakersfield, but then the moment they brought him out to Edmonton, he didn't look good. Now, at the same time, it's their fault that they made him, A, play through the injury, B, bringing him up and down and not just keeping him there and not giving him a chance, just not sticking him with right. Conor McDavid. Right. And again, let's just put this for emphasis here, playing through two hips that needed surgery. Yeah, and you know what? I... I Honestly, Dreisaitl was literally just saying the truth. He does not want, doesn't look like he wants to play over this team. If I was him, I wouldn't either. No, that's ridiculous. Double hip surgery. I and he kept how long? How long do you think he played for? Until he said, "No, that's it. I'm not playing anymore." It, it took until March. I wanted. I was. I'm wondering how long he actually played with that. It with that specific injury. Well, again, because you, that's you can, ridiculous. You can see with the numbers, I mean, only nine points. Like, the stint he did have before in his back and forth in the NHL, I mean, it wasn't fourth overall potential, <coughs> but he was still producing at a decent depth player rate. But then that season, you could tell, I don't know how, again, I don't know how long they needed to be worked on for, but it's just a mess, isn't it? You know what the problem is, though? This isn't the first time they've done something like this, right? This isn't the first time they've had problems with their high overall, high first-round picks. Mm -hmm. Well, they haven't been able to draft outside the first round at all. Um, Steve Dangle always makes a great point that somehow Leon Dreisaitl is a rose that blemished, sorry, that bloomed through a crack in pavement. It's it's unbelievable how they got a 50-goal scorer, 100-point player. And again... I think they, there was a Sportsnet stat tweet that said, for the first time since, I think, a penguins Yager year, that the Oilers were the first team to miss the playoffs with 200-point players. And, of course, that being McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's ridiculous. How does that happen? And McDavid, I just I want to put this out there, that McDavid um, gave... Took it, sorry, took a discount. He how much he was gonna make? What thirteen and a half? Mm-hmm. Could have made max if he really he, he could have asked for max. He took a a million dollar discount, and they didn't do anything else. Right. They brought Devil, in Chris Russell and Milan Lucic. He did make hundred million dollars. I understand, but they gave they gave him an extra million dollars in cap space. And that summer, did they not bring in... Who did they bring in? Hold on. That was also... The mistake with that whole situation with David is they did dry sidle first. Okay, but... Okay. No, they did McDavid oh, first. Oh, so no, no. That, yeah, I mean, they yes, did McDavid. they did McDavid so they, first. They saw him get all... Dry sidle saw him get all that money. 
And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, hello there. I'm okay, but wait, is Dreisaitl... No, 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 hold on. I know what you're about to say. Now, of course, nowadays we look at the Dreisaitl yeah. contract and we think, all right, that's a good little deal there. But it would be even nicer if they could get at least a million or two off. Like if they could have gotten him down to the Shifley McKinnon number. Like, oh boy. Now, and, and you were saying about Milan Lucic, again, that is their fault for wasting $6 million. Of course, they yeah. got rid of it, but if James Neal doesn't turn it around, it's still dead cap space. Yeah. Uh, I had the same... I was thinking the same thing, especially with the when uh, William Nylander didn't sign. And I'm not saying William Nylander and Leon Dreisaitl are comparable players, but that's the comparable William Nylander was using. Mm-hmm. And I didn't th- at the time I did not think Leon Dreisaitl was eight and a half was worth eight and a half because all he did was play on McDavid's wing mm-hmm. when he's an a- when actually he's a center now it's a whole different story. But back to Pujarvi. Now I I'm gonna I don't know if you've heard this but I'm gonna go back look at management. Okay. What do you know what they're asking for for Jesse Pujarvi? I believe it's a top nine player. And? A first? Yes. Yeah. A top nine player and, and, and did, a first. Did you see the uh, the NHL by Maddie tweet? No. So what did it say? He was bringing up the point of, um, oh, this is Mike Matheson, by the way, that of some potential players. You talked about Taylor Radish, who uh, actually, Taylor Radish went to my high school. Fun fact. Oh, my God. Uh, sick lacrosse player from uh, what I hear from my buddy. Uh, so, you talk about him because he, I believe he played with McDavid and Erie. And they were thinking of, he was talking about um, the potential return would be Anthony Sorelli. And the first. Mm-hmm. Now, pull your oh, or do you want to hear it? The actual, you, wanna read, you want me to read the actual tweet? Yeah. Okay. If Oilers talking to Tampa for, uh, for Pugliarvi... For young player, most likely they would want uh, Anthony Sorelli or D man they wanted to draft in Yessi's draft year, Mikhail Sergachev. Most likely prospect winger, <clears throat> Taylor Radish, who had 46 points in his first AHL season, former junior teammate of Connor McDavid. I think Adam Wilde made a good point. He said, um, a first in Pulley Harvey wouldn't even get you Shirelli. So first sorry. Um Sorelli. Sorry, not Shirelli's in the GM, but Sorelli. Yeah, Sorelli. Anthony Sorelli. Yeah. Which is it is fair, yeah. They're uh it feels like the Oilers are training with themselves in that situation. I I think um I'm so co- okay. Julian Breezeball is too too smart for that. I don't need who comes up with the idea that Yessi Pugliarvi for a one-for-one one would get you Sergachev. Um, In what world? NHL by Matty, because he's, he's a big homer for the Oilers. It, it's unrealistic, yeah. but Unrealistic is an understatement. This is ridiculous. Like, who comes... How... Who would trade Yessi Pugliarvi for, for Sergachev? Um... If he was the Tampa Bay Lightning, <coughs> Peter Shirelli would. <laughs> yeah, but he's not. So that's not going to happen. And, okay, even Anthony Sorelli, third line. What's he? He's a third line center on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, 
in his rookie season. As rookies. He was uh, out right outside the bubble for Calder Vaults, apparently. He was he was good. Yeah. Big part of their playoff run, too. So or, I mean, he he's, was one he, of the few good spots of that four-game sweep. But he's going to be an NHL player. Yes. No doubt about it. Yeah, an effective player. Does that get you? No. I'm not, no, you're not. Well, I guess now, let's just... I have um, the Oilers cap friendly up here. So right now, this is not, not good. I thought they had cleared some space with buying up the care and that. But right now, they have projected cap space of only $2.4 million. So, of course, they have all their picks except for their seventh. There's a conditional third from... Uh, oh, the really spooky one. Remember, that's the conditional pick from July 19th, 2019. Condition picks... Is transferred if James Neal scores 21 goals and Milan Lucic scores 10 or fewer goals than Neal in the 19-20 season. Remember that. So, awesome. if we're looking at their contract situation, first of all, they have Mike Smith on a one-year, two million dollar deal. We all know about Mike Smith. Um, of course, we all remember that they gave sorry Peter Shirley's last hurrah in Edmonton. Gave <laughs> he sounded a little angry though on that water bottle down there. Miko Koskinen three four, years four point five four and a half million. What did Jordan Bennington? Can you look up what Jordan yeah, Bennington yeah. got? Yeah, yeah. Just a quick comparison on defense. They have Oscar Kleffbaum, who was on a darling deal for four more years, 4.1, but they, there's no one really around them to help. They have Adam Larson, two more years at 4.1. Chris Russellson has two more years at four. And they have Brandon Manning, the guy who broke Conor McDavid's uh, collarbone. He's got one, re- one more year left at 2.2. And they have three RFAs on defense, which are uh, Joe Pearson, who I've never heard of, uh, Matthew Benning, who, again... Who cares? But then at the edge of his bridge deal, an, an, uh, another RFA at the end of this year will be Darnell Nurse. And of Fun course, times. They had to retain Lucic's salary, $750,000 for more seasons. Yeah. Uh, the buyout of Benoit Pouliot is one point three for two more years. Eric Griba, 300000 for another year. And Andre Sekera will have a $2.5 million cap from his buyout for this year, next year, and one point five for 2021-2022 to 2022-2023. Yeah. So uh, if we look at forwards, <laughs> they have the best player in the world. We don't need to complain about that. Wait, they wait, have wait. Leon Dreisaitl at 8.5. Sorry, Ooh, Alex. Wait, wait. Right? Guess how much Jordan Bennington makes for the next two years. It's, it, it's, is it less than Koska? I know it began with a four. How much does Jordan Bennington make? What's his... 4.4. For how long? The next two years. And they gave Koska more money and more term. Anyway. Oh, my God. They've got Dreisaitl and, uh, and and McDavid, obviously. They've got Ryan Nugent-Hopkins at two more years at $6 million. Uh, James Neal also has four more years of 5.75. Sweet God. We can't really talk about Neal <coughs> until we see what he's like on Edmonton. Well, there was a lot of issues in Calgary Quick beyond his 31. play. He's on the wrong side of 30. Yes, and beyond he's his... The, the, the yeah. Beyond his play... There were all there were issues. Uh, there was no. I don't think there was he, a lot of. He didn't get along with the coach. Yeah, there's there. He didn't get along with the coach. I'm assuming his his relationship with management was not very good either. Because they brought him in to play on the in the top six and they put him on the fourth line. Well, when you play like garbage, that's what happens. Yeah. Um. 
But this year is is do or die for James Neal. Like he needs to produce. Yeah. And I think he can. Like you want to throw him with Connor McDavid. Throw him on Connor McDavid's line. How many goals do you think James Neal would score on Connor McDavid's 20 line? Twenty in a sleep on a, on a bad day. Twenty at least. Yeah. Well, how many how many goals did Alex Jason get? Twenty. Yeah. Twenty something. Yeah. Did they resign him or did he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. two we, years. If we keep going, of course. Oh, hey, right there on the list. Uh, two, of course. You have Sam Gagne another year, three point one. Yeah. Why do people not like Sam Gagne? By the way. I like he's, him. He's well. He just hasn't produced. Well, of course. That's yeah, the problem. Alex Chason, who had a career year, and they gave two point one million dollars for another two years. Then they have Zach Cassian. I mean, wait. Do you know that Sam Gagne is part of the Jordan Eberle deal? Really? Yeah, Jordan Eberle for Ryan Strom, right? Ryan Strom was traded for Ryan Spooner, and then Ryan Spoo- Spooner was traded for Sam Gagne. Wow, and then they and then the Canucks bought out Spooner, didn't they? Yeah. We talked about that last week. I believe so. So then if you look at the supporting cast here, after you get a Neil Hopkins drive side on McDavid, it's, yeah, Sam Gagne, Alex Chason, Zach Cassian, um, the bad Granlin, Marcus, Jujar Kyra, Kyle Bronziak, Josh Archibald. Then I start bringing up names that I don't think are real. Joachim Nygaard? Jo- Joachim Nygaard. Uh, Thomas Yurko is an old Detroit player. Yes, so I remember Thomas Yurko. Uh, Cave Colby, who I believe... <coughs> I, 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 don't know who the, I don't know anything about him. Neither do he I. He makes $600,000, but... You know what I'm... So, I'm, I'm looking at their non-roster forwards. Uh-huh. And I see a lot of young players... Um, I don't know if if how many of them are good. Like I'm looking, I know uh, Kyler Yamamoto mm-hmm. supposed to be good. Ryan McLeod supposed to be good. Tyler Benson, uh, Kirill Maximov. That's about it. Um, at least forwards wise, right? So I think a lot of these players are fillers essentially. Yeah, they're just fillers for. The players that will come up, defense. They've got Philip Roberg, yeah. Evan Bouchard, even Ryan Mantha and Caleb Jones, Ethan Bear. These are all NHL or supposedly NHL caliber players. Yeah. So I think we'll see what uh, Ken Holland does because the next couple years are very important for this team. Mm-hmm. They can't sign really bad deals. Oh, they don't have the cap. Number well, number one, they don't have the cap. Yeah, that, that's kind of saving them. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm these players are going to come up and go, hopefully they do well, but then they ask for money. And now they're in a tight situation. With Hopkins, you said Hopkins only having two more years. Who? Chance, Ryan oh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, yes. So, when we come to trade deadline the 2020-2021 season, they might be dealing him because if you're Ryan Nugent Hopkins, why would you stay? He has been there through just the just. – I was about to say the good and the bad, but it's just There has bad. never been good. It was one season again, one, and that was yeah. it. I, I wouldn't – you know what? I wouldn't even be surprised if he's – depending on what their season is like, and I'm assuming it's not going to be a good season. No. If – 
Ryan Nugent Hopkins is traded by the trade deadline this year. Because think about it. How much more do you think the Ottawa Senators could have gotten for Eric Carlson if they traded him um, at the trade deadline the year before? Well, wasn't it that they wanted Eric Brandstrom, but at the time Vegas didn't want to? I'm not sure about that. But at I'm the same sure. time, they were trying to... Well, the problem with the Sens is they were trying to also unload the Bobby Ryan contract. Yeah, that was the issue. But don't you think they would have gone so much more if they unloaded him at the trade deadline? Because that's a playoff run. That's two playoff runs and a full regular season. Yeah, especially when you look at the return that they got at the end of it. I think that that's a player you Ken Holland looks at January or February and says, "Let's see, let's see what the market is for that." And uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins had an underrated year last year too. He had, if you look at the numbers, guy had twenty eight goals, sixty nine points. Nice, like that's. Uh, I mean. Yeah, that's a career year for for. Uh, sorry, no, he scored. Actually, no, no, sorry. That's a career say, NHL year. He had a thirty-one goal season, but oh wait, that was back when he played for Red, Red Deer, in the WHL. Yeah. So a career year on that team. Three te- three player. Your three best players have career years, and you're still a mess. Like that's just that's bad. Well, it's because because of Peter Shirelli. Yeah. I'm sorry, and the 80s hockey players that are uh, sitting there laughing. Yeah. Um, I, yes, I, I don't, I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, what do you think Ryan Nugent Hopkins could get you? Oh, 28 goal scorer, two-way player, can play. Because he could be your second line center. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, you could get a pretty, oh, sorry, just bumps the mic. It flashed red for a second. Yeah, I don't okay. think that's good. It's okay. Okay. As long um, as it's on. Okay, it's it's still good. Um, good. I, you could get a pretty penny. I'm surprised that's a player Nashville didn't look at and say, "Hey Edmonton, we'll give you nothing for Ryan Nugent Hopkins." Well, maybe by that point, I'm sure they probably put a block on Peter Shirelli and say, "All right, no more trades, no more." I don't know, man. They let him sign Mikko Koskinen. Well, the, the problem is <coughs> Bob Nicholson came out afterwards and said, no, we were fully for it, which is yeah. scary Yeah. that they were for that contract. I don't know. We'll see what Edmonton does. Like, I'm assuming they're a bottom five team again. Oh, sorry. I wouldn't say bottom five. Bottom ten? Yeah. Because we okay. did them. Okay, yeah. They'll save you there. I still think the bottom five are a combination of, like, Edmonton, L.A. Ottawa. Yeah. Who do you think... Who, who's going to be your, your surprise garbage team this year? Oh. Look, who do you think is just going to be trash? That's a tough one. Because there's... I, I feel like it's one of the teams that went crazy in free agency with trades and whatever. Like, I feel like it's going to be one of those Metro teams that are just going to be... Know my answer? Is it the New York Islanders? No, oh. I think it's a team that doesn't have a goalie. And I know I, I um, I just it just came to me because I I've I've been calling the champion of the off season. Who is it? It's New Jersey. I really yes. want them to do it. Yeah. but I just have this feeling right now that oh no. Yeah. Because of Corey Schneider. So I have I would this. Love him to prove me wrong. But yeah. 
I have this feeling it's going to be New York, but the Islanders. You think so? Well, think about it. They lost a Vesna candidate goalie. Yeah, that was bad. And they brought in Semyon Varlamov. And I know I was... I, I was forgot. I was questioning. I didn't really question that move when it first happened. Mm-hmm. But like after thinking about it, I could see if Robin Leonard performs the same as he did last year. If he's half of that, it's still yeah. Chicago will make the playoffs probably. That's you know because the Central is stacked. The Central, yeah, it's no, stacked. no, they're, Chicago's not making the playoffs. But we'll see. We'll see. It's definitely a Metro team. Yeah. Yeah. Because who likes the Metro? No, no one likes the Metro. It's just full of winners. <laughs> yeah. New York City, Washington, and then Sidney Crosby's team. Like, no, who who's cheering for this? Like, now that Ovechkin has his cup, the only thing people care about Washington is Ovi breaking the record. Yeah. Like, if I'm the Caps now, I just think, all right, guys, forget about winning. You have your cups. Just pass Ovi the puck from now on. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Okay, before we go, I want to know what you think. That Because I know we were talking about this earlier, and it just came to my mind. Uh-huh. Where the Winter Classic is this year. It's in Dallas, isn't it? It was right after the whole horseshit comments. Yeah, it's in Dallas. Who are the teams again? Dallas and who's, who's the... Uh, Nashville Predators. See, I'm care. curious how they're going to play in, like... Where are they playing? Uh, the at the Cotton Bowl, and that's used for college football. See, I haven't cared about the Winter Classic games in for a long time. Well, Montreal's gotten their fair share of outdoor games, so I don't really mind. Especially when they had the Winter Classic game against Boston and beat them, and had those really nice jerseys. I I just I don't I don't care. About Dallas? I just want to know how they're going to play. I just want to know how they're going to play. When is it? It's in January. It's in January? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in January. They'll figure it out. Yeah, Yeah, January 1st, 2020. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah, that sounds like a them problem. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. All right. Alex, we're done. Uh, yeah. Let's check the score of the baseball. It's still 0-0. Zero, zero. Oh, great. What and is it? it's the top of the second. Oh, my God. Are the Jays good now? Because everything I see, it's just those I three don't. young guys tearing it off. I don't think so. Really? I don't think it's, so. It's just I just see Bo and Vladdy stuff. And I'm like, damn. Listen, when they show on Sportsnet Central the the wild card standings, the Blue Jays aren't even on the picture. Oh. All right. Well, at least they're fun to watch, though. Exactly. It's all that matters. You don't care about defense then, or whatever the baseball. Like they don't care about the outfield. I don't know. All right, Alex. I think that's it for today. Don't you think? Any last words? No. Well, Frederick Anderson should be a top ten goalie. That's it. That's it. Okay.